Hey, I'm Steve Gabriel, and I'm thrilled that we have this time together. I pray that God would help you to understand how great He is and how great His plan is for your life. Come on, let's enjoy God together. I had an incident happen to me right after Easter, just over a month ago, and if you were here on our Easter, it was a great Easter weekend for us, our Good Friday services, all our Easter services, and that very evening after we did all of our services, Charlotte and I were going to take our kids to Kenya, and we were going to go on a mission trip, which we'll talk more about over the next couple weeks. And we went out there, we needed to fly and catch a plane from Manchester to London to Nairobi, and as we left on the Sunday evening, we stayed at the hotel because we needed to catch the flight very early in the morning. It was a 7 a.m. flight, which meant, meant we needed to check in at 4.45 a.m. That was a very early start for us. And I was, I was the first one up in the little hotel room, I, sitting on the edge of the bed, and I got my passports out, and I counted my passports. One, Charlotte's passport. Two, Hope's passport. Three, Noah's passport. Where's my passport? Count it again. One passport, two passports, three passports. Where's my passport? And then I got my phone out, turned on my flashlight on my phone, looked at my little portfolio where I had it counted again, counted again, and then I realized I had left my passport at home. Yeah, right. So you got to know that, that at that moment, we were about to go to Kenya with a film crew to film to start a brand new compassion project on mission. And so suddenly I thought to myself, I am in serious trouble because without my passport, I can't get access to go onto the mission. And so I was in serious trouble. And I wanted to start with that story because... Vision is the passport that takes you to the future. Without having vision, you won't be able to go to where God wants you to go. And so I'm going to give you three reasons why we always want to be a church with a big vision. Three reasons. Thank you so much, Sam. Come on, give it up for Sam. Blessing in our house. First big reason is this. That vision is the key or the access to progress. Everybody say that. Vision is key. Without vision, you won't be able to go to be able to progress where God wants to take you. Vision creates access to new levels. I wanted to explain it like this. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says this. This is a great scripture. It says, right the vision. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. You see, as much as I wanted to get on that airplane and get to my next destination, I couldn't say to the immigration officer, really, I am a British citizen. He'll say to me, you sound like an American. I'm not sure I'm going to let you on that plane. Where is your passport? You see, I needed to have a written down 
presentationable passport to get me on that airplane. Let's look a little bit deeper at this scripture. When God says, write the vision, the vision becomes the evidence that takes you on to the future. Now, I find it interesting that when he says, write the vision, God is answering Habakkuk. Because that's what we're talking about in Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 1, Habakkuk complained to God. He complained about the circumstances. He complained about how long he had to wait. He complained about all of these things that were going wrong in his culture. And it says in Habakkuk chapter 1 that Habakkuk then climbed up to the highest point of a watchtower. And he got into a perspective and he wanted to hear from God. What vision does, it gets you into a perspective that you can see into your future. And here's Habakkuk trying to get into a perspective, and only then God says, write the vision. When God uses the word write, the word write means to engrave or to carve or to make permanent. And when God chooses to write on tablets, he's trying to write something so that we remember what God is asking us to do. You see, we need to remember the vision, which is why we need to write it down. We need to remember what that vision is so that when we hit difficult times, we remember and we recall what God has called us to do. And when it's written on our hearts, the vision that God is calling us to personally, that God is calling you to this week, this month, this year, when you understand what God is asking of you, then it's so much easier when you face a struggle to stay strong in your struggle. And then, of course, this, this Habakkuk passage, if you break it down, when the Bible talks about make it plain on tablets, the Hebrew, when it says make it plain, is the same word for glistening or shining. Isn't that interesting? Then when God says write the vision down, so that it makes it plain. I didn't realize that when God said make it plain, he's talking about make it glisten, make it sparkle, make it so crystal clear that then you're inspired to run for the vision. And when I think about this vision, what that tells me is that vision is transferable. That we can transfer vision from one person to another that vision can transfer once it is clear. And that's why Charlotte and I have taken so much time to articulate the mission and the vision of our house. The mission of our house. The God-given mission that God is calling us to. That we would do everything that we could do to help as many people as possible believe. Find belonging in God's house and become all that God has called them to be. That is so clear, it's written on my heart. It's written down in paper, it's written down, we've done PowerPoints on this, to get it into our DNA so that we know what we're running for. And when we understand the vision and we're clear about that, then we will have progress together as a church. What does progress mean? Progress means onward movement to a destination. It means to go forward, to develop a higher, more advanced level. To keep getting gradually better. Church, we are better than we were last year. It might be an incremental increase, but if we just stay in this mindset of progress, I mean, think about this imagery. Once the vision is written down, we can take clear steps. We can run forward. Last year when we articulated 
our vision. We were so clear about that in 2017. What that has meant is that we've been able to improve our worship experience and our Sunday experience. What that has meant is that 811 people have found Jesus in our campuses and in our services this last year, these last 12 months. That just didn't happen. It happened because we were clear about what God was asking us to do, and we invested in equipment, and we invested in teams, and we invested in people so that we can be full of gratitude for everything that God has given for us. But I want to say this. There is more. There is so much more that God wants us to run to, so much more. And if I just ask you the question right now, is there one person in your life or in your family or on your street or your office place that does not yet know Jesus, that has not yet believed in Jesus, find belonging in the house and become? And if there's one person, and I know that there are many, then what that means is that it's going to be a year of running. It's going to be a year when we continue to go forward. And if we don't go forward, we don't progress, we regress. If you don't have a clear vision, progression doesn't happen, regression happens. And we never want to regress. We always want to progress. So the first thing we want to do is understand that vision always gives us access to our future. The second thing I want to talk about is this, that no vision leads to die vision. And I want to play on this word, die vision. You see, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. If you go to a city where there's no vision, in that city, drugs will be all over the streets. There will be graffiti and there will be all kinds of crime and vandalism. But when you go to a city with a vision, people will be working on the streets. Construction projects will be going on. People will be investing in the city. If you go to a family and you start to look at the way families are wired, say you go to a teenager's bedroom. Hello. If a teenager has no vision, they're going to be in bed on a Saturday until 2 p.m. And there'll be clothes on the floor. It'll be a mess. Because that person needs vision. For parents and families, maybe your vision is, and this is a great vision, to get your kids to go to college and find a trade skill. Great vision. But there'll be, there'll be a day when they do go to college, and then you'll find out, now you need a fresh vision. Now you need to reconnect. And so, so you've got to be able to do that. And, and that reconnection is so important because if you don't do that, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You know, going back to my story about the passport, talk about die. When I couldn't find my passport, I felt like I wanted to crawl in a hole and die. You know what I'm talking about. When you have a sinking feeling, a mistake happens, and there's no way out of it, and it was your own mistake, you made it. It's like I was overwhelmed by feelings of embarrassment. Can anybody relate to that? For feelings of, oh my gosh, the pain of... What that meant was, and, and then the scenario started to play through my mind. My family getting on the plane without me. Facing the face of my wife saying, Steve, I told you to pack the passport. <laughs> Go on, women, just nudge your husband next to you. He's sitting next. Yes. So, so all that began to 
come in my mind and I began to think about that and until I sat down and I calmed my mind and then I could clearly remember and clearly see where I left my passport. Where I left my passport, I don't know exactly what happened because my wife has two British passports and one British passport was a business passport that she didn't, hasn't used in five years and I took the passport in my hand, set it on the side, did something else, came back and when I came back to my desk where I keep my passports, I picked up her passport, but I also picked up my passport by mistake and put both of them in the drawer and closed it. Why am I saying that? Because it wasn't until I calmed myself that I was able to remember. I was able to get past the embarrassment and said, okay, now I remember where the passport was left. And what happened next was now I need help to find somebody. At 5 a.m., in the middle of the dark, that I could ring. And so what happens is I start phoning staff members. I start with Jock. Jock's asleep and snoring. Rich is asleep and snoring. And I and, uh, couldn't find uh, all these people. Finally, I noticed that, that one woman was up early praying, and that was Donna Hag, and she's in the house this morning. And she then nudged her husband, Tim, and said, Steve's in trouble. You need to go to the house, you need to go to Steve's house and go into the house. Fortunately, I have, a, I have a key that I was able to get to Tim. And he was able to go to the house and I had to describe exactly where my passport was left. Because I had a clear vision of it. I could remember where it was. And he mumbled through the dark, muffled through the dark, found the passport for me, jumped in a car, and now he was running. See, vision's transferable. So the vision that I had, I was able to clearly describe to Tim. And so now he had the passport, which was my access to where I needed to go. Then he jumped in the car and drove to Manchester Airport. And I kept ringing him. Are you here yet? Are you here yet? Are you here yet? Are you here yet? I said, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Well, you're not here yet. You're not here yet. Can you come faster? Can you come faster? True story. And then he says, Steve, there's a snowstorm on the M62. I'm like, you're kidding me, aren't you? He said, no. True story. And so I had to put Charlotte and the kids on the plane without me, not knowing what was going to happen next. And I remember going out Manchester Airport praying, thinking, Tim, you know, he's doing everything. Can he get here? And then he called and said, there's an accident on the M62. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And, and there was an accident, and they were... Yeah, later on I found out there was actually a death on the motorway that day. And they were about to close the access point. But fortunately, they let my brother Tim go through, didn't they, Tim? And so he, he gets through. But unfortunately, that meant that the, the kids and Charlotte had to leave without me. And I've got like less than an hour to get to London to catch the plane to Nairobi. One flight a day. So as I'm standing outside Manchester Airport, a couple walk up to me. And when they walked up to me, they said to me, Steve, they said, we were at the Easter service yesterday in Bradford. What are you doing here? I said, I'm panicking. I said, no, I'm praying. <laughs> they said, that was a great service yesterday. And I said, great. It's great to meet you for the first time. Come on, let's just pray for my passport right now. <laughs> True story. And so this husband and wife that were about to go on a romantic getaway, I think it was to Italy, it was their 20-year wedding anniversary, we were standing outside Manchester Airport praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, praying because 
because a brother was on the way running with the passport to grant me access to go on my mission. And suddenly I realized that if you have a, a, a vision, that, that the vision creates people who are going to add life to you, add help to you, add strength to you. They will help you run when you need it most. But without a vision, you will die alone, isolated. You will be in a place where you're not able to build relationships, which is why we have a vision of being connected in life groups. Because even when you go through difficult times, like I was going through that day, the stress of all that was happening. I tell you what I thanked God for. I thanked God for people that prayed with me. That people who were helping be part of my answer and part of my solution. And so that vision attracts people to you. Attracts people to be able to, to give you the help when you need it most. My third point is this. Vision accelerates our devotion. What vision does? It accelerates our devotion. Proverbs 29, 18, in a different Bible version, says this, that where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. If you have no vision, you're unrestrained. What does that mean? That means you live an undisciplined life in every area. You'll drink anything, smoke anything, which some of us did back in the day, by the way. Don't look around. You'll be influenced by anyone because you're unrestrained. You'll be able to be led in all the wrong directions on any given day at any moment in time. You'll waste hours of your life, sometimes even decades of your life, because of this lack of vision. But when you have a vision, you live your life on purpose. When you have a vision, you wake up earlier. When you have a vision, you have more energy because your vision creates devotion. That's why here we have a vision for what God wants to do in our house. People with a vision lead life groups. People with a vision drive buses. People with a vision lead youth ministries and kids ministries and help out and serve God and be a part of our technical team and our photography team and because people have a vision. And, you know, I learned years ago that rather than tell people, no, you can't do that, I believe there's more power in the yes than the no. When you help people discover what they're great at, suddenly a lot of the things that were holding them down become dealt with because they're focused on what God is asking them to do. Because they have a vision that leads to a devotion. And that devotion, that attitude of devotion is what I see that we're building in our house. I see that our devotion is increasing, which is why we're producing worship albums. Because our devotion is increasing because people are understanding how good God is. Our prayer life is getting stronger because we understand who God is. It's a bit like this. When you see Jesus, not for who he was, but for who he is today, it creates devotion. When you see Jesus and you remember that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, then you'll understand that everything you do, every step you take has a meaning and a purpose. One of the things I love to do is to visit different places here in England. We went to uh, 
the York Minster. And, and I love being in some of these buildings and looking and thinking about the history. But as great as the history is, if we don't have devotion to what God is and who he is today, we won't be able to build this house, the house of God, in this century. So I think vision is something we can all look at. So, so where's your devotional level at? Where's your devotion at? You know, and, and this question that we all have to face in our daily life is something I, I face all the time. Where's my devotion at? Where's my, where's, where's Jesus? Where, where's Jesus in my daily life? Where's my worship levels at? And, and when I ask myself those kinds of questions, I, I find that I've got to make adjustments. I've got to make adjustments about certain things that I have to let go of so that I can then choose to increase God. If Jesus can increase, that means we have to decrease. And if we have that constant check where we want to increase the clarity of our vision of who Jesus is, then what happens is our mind is filled with hope. Our mind is filled with the possibilities about what God could do. I'm going to go back to my passport story because some of you are thinking, I want to know how the story ended. Well, you know, what happened was standing outside waiting Unfortunately, Charlotte and the kids had taken off on the airplane, and finally Tim came. I think I've got a picture of me with my passport. There it is. Tim came and put the passport in my hand. Tim, my hero, my legend, my brother, you were amazing. You were my, you were my knight that day. Handed the passport. Literally, it was like a Passover, a handover. He drove in, he didn't even say anything because cars were behind him, handed me the passport and took off. I grabbed hold of that passport and I set off running because now I had in my hand the permission to get on that airplane. I ran to that airport, they, they put me on that plane and I landed at Heathrow Airport Terminal 5. And when I landed, I needed to get to Terminal 3. That's a 40-minute connection. It takes 40 minutes. There's a coach ride involved. You can't get there any quicker. And they said, Steve, you have missed your connecting flight to Nairobi. There is no way you're going to get on that. You're not going to be able to do it. But I had been worshiping. <laughs> I had been worshiping Jesus. I have been praying and believing God. So I'm like, look, just let me try. Let me try. Let me try. So I talked the, uh, the agent into it, and she let me get on the bus. And I said to the bus driver, I said to the bus driver, are you a praying man? I don't care what faith you are, I just want to know, are you a praying man? He said, yes, I am. I said, well, I've been praying that a praying man's going to get me to the next destination. He said, well, all that's good, but we have to wait another 10 minutes for people to get on the coach before we leave. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to tip you right now. I don't care what it costs. I want you to get me to my destination. And he said, that's okay, that's okay. He closed the door. There were three people on the bus. And we start driving through Heathrow Airport. They drop me off. And I take off running as fast as I could run. I got my bags with me. I'm like, <laughs> I am like dying. And, and I, I'm coming in. And oh, you should have seen the moment. You should have seen the moment. There is Charlotte. And she's running to me in the airport. And I'm like, what? Why are you supposed to be on the plane to Nairobi? They said I would miss the plane and I'm running. True story. The airplane had a flat tire. Right. 
Who's ever heard of that? Okay, so I, I have Googled this. I have Googled this now, and I found out that airplane tires don't go flat. Because they weigh 10 times more, 20, 100 times more, whatever the physics is, and the force of an airplane means that those tires are checked before they take off. So, so airplane tires go, they don't go flat. But my airplane tire went flat, which meant I was chilled out. I got a coffee. I got on the plane with my kids and wife. Not only that, not only that, when I got on the airplane, I was telling the airplane steward my story. And he says, Mr. Gamble, I'm going to bring you glasses of Prosecco. So we were the only people in coach class drinking Prosecco. Come on, somebody. It was a good day. Why am I saying this? Because vision creates devotion. And I'm high-fiving my children, and they're like, Dad, you are a star. You are incredible. You're terribly forgetful, but you're still incredible. You know, I'm like, I know, I know. I should have remembered my passport. And then I stopped to think. I stopped to give thanks for Tim and Donna, the people that prayed for me outside the airport, the agents that helped me. Why? Because my vision of getting to my mission, my vision of getting to where we needed to go would not have happened without those decisions. And so we were finally able to get to this place in Kenya. And when we finally got on mission, I remembered how I got there. You see, see, we can't forget the journey that brings us to where we are. What, what vision does is helps us remember where we've been, our history, so we can get focused on where we need to go. And I'll never forget that moment when I walked in and found out the plane had a flat tire. The emotion overcame me, and I've learned this. That was the emotion of devotion. It was grace plus gratefulness. I don't deserve to be here. You don't deserve to be here, but grace plus gratefulness means we are devoted. And I got down, I went, I went away from my kids and I walked away, I found a little corner in, in the airport and I sat down and I said, Jesus, yet again, you've made up for my weaknesses. Jesus, your vision for my life is stronger than the mistakes of my past. I'll say that again. The vision God has of your life is stronger than the mistakes of your past. I'll say that again. The vision that God has for your life it's greater than the mistakes of your past. Hey, thank you so much for watching. As we finish our time together, we pray that He has impacted your heart. God is with you, so go on, have a great week ahead.